Hello, I'm Elaine. I'm a redhead that reads Reddit and I'm here with producer Dan. Hello. You can follow me on Twitter at Redhead Reddits or find me on Reddit, user Redhead Reads Reddit. And this evening we're looking at um, cock-ups at work. We are indeed. And unlike last week, this week is not brought to you by cocktails. It's not. We're actually relatively sober. Relatively. Relatively. Well, I'd say I pretty much am. So am I. <laughs> right. Moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. So this thread was in Ask UK, posted by Valgar Leonhart, and it's what's the biggest cock up you've done at work? Just for a laugh, what is the worst thing you've done at work? When I was a posty, post person, there were a fair few cock ups. I once delivered a bunch of cards and wished a customer congratulations. Their daughter had died. Oops. That's a bad one. Another time, I pushed a bunch of mail through, and unknown to me, there was a ladder leaning up against the door. I tipped the ladder over, and it made a horrific crash. But that wasn't my fault it was there. Over to you. So how hard do you need to be able to push an envelope through a letterbox to push over a ladder? That can't be easy. No, but to be fair, I suppose it depends, because I did a paper round as a youngster, as many people did. And there were a few really vicious dogs on that round. So as soon as you started to open the letterbox, they'd be at it barking and trying to bite your hand or whatever, or bite the letter. And I was taught that you roll the newspaper up quite tightly, put it in, and then you whack the end <laughs> of the newspaper really hard with your fist so it will shoot out and smack the dog in the face. <gasps> so that they can't... I know it sounds like... That's horrible! Thing, but I, I always got bitten a few times by them, so that's when I adopted this. And you knew which ones were the, the horrible ones. So. See, I helped out on, on paper rounds a few times because I was never allowed one as a kid. I could only mm. help out with my friends. And there was a couple, but you used to put the, the uh, newspaper through the door and if the dogs were going to bite you, they'd grab the newspaper. Yes. And I always thought it was odd that people had newspapers delivered that yeah. were basically going to get torn. Shredded, yeah. yeah. Well, see, this was one way to stop the dog from yanking it through and hurting you. Just whacking it on the whack nose. Whack it on the it? nose. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, before we get reported... <laughs> Over to the comments. <laughs> yes. Um, a sleep explanation says, Finishing up work one day, I returned to my car to find that it was not where I left it. I searched for it, but it was nowhere to be found. Motherfucker. Got a lift home from a workmate, reported a theft to the police, phoned our site security head, and the next day spread word around my colleagues that thieves were active in the area. Everyone in our building had heard about it by the day's end and were as concerned and panicked and in many cases heartwarmingly sympathetic and supportive as you can imagine. The next morning I got an email back from our security head inviting me to meet him in his office. Apparently he dug out the security footage of the car park, watched it through and found something he described as very interesting. Was it the villains cunningly picking my lock? No, it turned out. As we sat and watched the video, it showed me very clearly getting to my usual spot, seeing it was taken, and parking up just opposite it. Wait, there's more, he said, as he skipped forward eight hours. It was me walking to my usual spot, not realising it was the wrong spot, sighing in despair as I looked at the empty bay, going on a search, and then walking past the correct spot twice. You did it again here, he said, almost giddy with internalised laughter as he showed me walking past it, utterly oblivious for the third time. As news got out, my colleagues were as merciless as you can imagine. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Because that's the type of thing I would dare be there huffing in the car park. <sighs> what? I can't believe I can't it. I can't believe someone's stolen my car. I can't believe it's not where I left it. It's like, yeah, I, I just left it somewhere else. There's been a few times that you and I have been out together and you've driven. And as we come out of where we normally cost her, mm. I'm going, oh, lost my car keys. Yes. 
They're at home. Okay, I haven't got my car. It's fine. Yes, and I've almost met you at Costa, and we're both in separate cars, and I've almost got in your car to come home and left my car behind, which would have had me going, oh my God, somebody's stolen my car from my driveway. (laughs) Come up to use it. Where's it gone? Well, we took my car for the MOT, and you very kindly drove me there and back while the car was being done. And as we drove back in your car, I got outside the house, I was like, my car's not there. (laughs) It was when you said to me about... Um, did did I want to come with you or something to, to yeah. pick your car up after us? Going well, I have no choice because otherwise you can't drive two cars at once, can you? It's true that. True oh that. Dear, not a good day. Um, Bluke twenty two says on my second day of a new job as a young intern at a very formal software development team in a bank. Like you need to imagine suit and tie and strict dress code, very quiet and strict on the desks, etc. I walk in and sit down on my desk, unplug my earphones and get ready to work. A few seconds after taking out my earphones and putting my phone on the desk, it happens. I hear Kanye West's voice screaming, fuck N, N word, sorry, cursing loudly in his song from his (laughs) new album. Everyone, and I mean everyone, looks over at me, about 50 people, while this obscene rap song is playing at full volume. I scramble to try and stop it, and after a few long seconds, I manage to get it to shut up. I hear a few giggles get a few stares for a while, and then I pretend like it never happened. Probably one of the most embarrassing things to happen to me so far. To which Plingol replies, so far, that's the spirit. And Tundo replied, similar situation. I was in a meeting and my Facebook group chat was blowing up. I quickly opened it to mute the notifications, but they moved the fucking button <laughs> and replaced the settings with video call. That happens so often. Yep. Drives me insane. Yep. Cue 10 of my mates out on a big day slash night out screaming, woo, what's up, in this meeting as my piece of shit phone freezes up. Gotta love that. (laughs) That reminds me of the time that I was happily listening to um, my tunes in the car um, and I had my earphones in as I was listening to them because the uh, Bluetooth wasn't working. And I got out and I went to Costa. I'm always in Costa for those that don't know. Went to go for a coffee. But before I went for a coffee, I had to go to use the toilet first. So this is a place that I knew fairly well. I walked straight to the back of the store and I'm thinking, I can hear music. Still got my earphones in. I can hear music, but it's very distant. And I've turned my music off. And uh, it was only as I walked past the entire length of the store, the queue, the people behind the counter, that I realised I'd unplugged my earphones and it hadn't stopped music like it normally does. And what song was playing? <laughs> Producer Dan? What's, what song were you listening to? It was Especially For You by Kylie and Jason. <laughs> <laughs> At full volume, you've got this bearded 40-something bloke strolling through going, oh, it's unusual to be playing that in Costa. I had to put this out. This was really recent. This was not when Kylie and Jason were in the charts. <laughs> uh, this is a year or two ago. Yeah, Not even that. <laughs> not even that. Dreadful. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, double bow. Or is that double bow? Ooh. Ooh. Double bow, I think. Double bow. I used to work in an Argos that was based inside a home base before the Sainsbury's merger. How do you describe Argos to our American friends? Hmm. It's a catalogue shop. So you walk into the store and there are catalogues which you look at and choose what you want. And then you go up to the counter with a little piece of paper with the number, the serial number of the item written on it. And they take your money and then it gets brought down to you from a big stock room. Yeah. elsewhere so you don't actually physically pick anything up off the shelves it's brought to you at a desk so the shop itself is fairly tiny considering what it is yes. but the warehouse that's behind it is massive and it that's is. how they save money um 
I was handing out an item to this guy. I checked the guy's receipt and I put it on his trolley and he asked if I could give him a hand out. He had another very large item on the trolley which I assumed he had bought from home base. We walked out of the Argos, past the home base checkouts, nothing. Past the scanners, nothing. Out to his car where I lifted the item into the car where I then returned back to the shop afterwards. I got back into the shop and my manager looked at me. The manager said, did he pay for that jacuzzi? I replied, it was a jacuzzi? That explains why it weighed so much. Manager replied, yeah, but did he pay for it? I replied, I presume so. The manager ran out of the shop. Fuck. Too long, didn't read. Helped a guy nick a jacuzzi. <laughs> I feel that's fair enough, though, in those type of scenarios. Because you can't... It's difficult to keep track of stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I must admit, I, I was reading recently about working in retail, um, about the number of things that just get walked out of shops by people wearing high visibility jackets. That they just assume that if you're wearing a high vis jacket, you're supposed to be then you're supposed to be hauling that massive box, yeah. which contains an enormous TV or whatever. Um, it's riskier these days because the amount of CCTV, but I remember when I was growing up, we had a big co-op superstore, which is probably like the Tesco ones these days. It was big. It's like a Walmart. Yeah. Um and we knew people who worked there, obviously that we didn't know that well. Um, and apparently, you could say to them, there's this item, hi-fi, whatever system it was, mm. and you could slip them 50 quid, and they'd they leave it outside the fire exit for someone to pick up. Oh, my goodness. I know. Comes out these days. Oh, no. CCTV. No, see, when I worked in retail, I, I didn't do anything like that. No. Well, do you know what? It I've didn't worked, even occur to me. I've worked in retail, yeah. Yeah. Blimey. Anyway, um, give me cheesecake, says. Mm. <laughs> Is that what you, you know, I want cheesecake? Give me cheesecake. I started a new job and had the GDPR regulations absolutely drilled into my head. So this is uh, data protection rules. I spent a lot of time shredding any document that had a hint of personal or company information on it. I got the office in tip-top shiny shape, all looking very clear and organised. Two months later, the accountant came and asked me for all the paperwork to do the taxes. You guessed it. They were mostly shredded. Whoops. Nobody had told me to keep all the finance docs. I spent a few soul-aching days feeling incredibly guilty, but then I remembered that I'd asked for training in my interview, but management had decided that bookkeeping training cost too much and I would figure it out by myself. Oh, I hope they had that in writing. God, can you imagine? I know. Because it is difficult with the whole GDPR thing as to what you're supposed to keep and what you're supposed to destroy and yeah. how long you can keep stuff for. Apparently it's all open to interpretation, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Massively so. We've had huge amounts of training on it. In my workplace. I worked at a bank many years ago. This is long before GDPR. This is 2007. Um, and they were, they were red hot on um, people's personal details being left out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we weren't allowed to put any piece of paper in the bin. So if you had a paper, like a newspaper, you had to shred it. Yeah, because Lovely. people wrote on newspapers. and I suppose. So. Although, you see, according to GDPR, it's only things that are officially written down. So if you scribble somebody's details on a post-it note then that is not um, classed as being or, you know, official documentation. Um, so that is not covered under GDPR. How bizarre. It's very strange. So it wasn't really my fault that when security didn't hear from me and sent a bloke down to check on me, I woke up in a panic and grabbed the nearest thing to me to stop myself falling out of my chair. <laughs> Unfortunately, in my panic, I grabbed the edge of the PC and pulled it <laughs> out of the rack and onto the floor, also pulling the power cable out of the back. Obviously, at that point, the batch job failed, which ended up costing the company just shy of £25,000. So, yeah, that was a pretty big one. It's amazing how often things like that happen Mm. in companies. I used to work in IT, and the amount of things that are like that where they go, well, we could get that automated, but that will cost, like, 
a developer two days worth of work or whatever. So we're not willing to pay that. Instead, we'll pay a flunky to come in and do this for literally months and months worth of work over the course of a year. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And they can't see the how ludicrous it is mm. at all. It, it's just amazing. And also the whole, I can appreciate that, the desktop PC, probably still running Windows 98, stuffed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a corner. We've all got one somewhere in the business. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, cat food, beer and glue. Says, I worked at Tesco for about a month when I was younger and in my first week I was assigned to the wines and spirits aisle and told to empty a large cage of red wine onto the shelves. I started dragging this cage of red wine out of the back and onto the shop floor when I turned the corner too tightly, catching the back wheel of the cage on the corner of the swinging door and tipping the entire cage over with a deafening crash. Oh no. All I could do was stand and watch in horror as a £2,000 red puddle <laughs> spread across several aisles of the store. Oh, Christ, can you imagine that? <gasps> I'll clear up in aisles four, five, six, seven. <laughs> whole shop. <laughs> and they'd probably have to close the whole store at that point. Yeah. To get it all cleaned up. Amazing. Yeah. And the smell. Yeah, can you imagine that? <laughs> Stained red for weeks after, like someone's been murdered in the aisle. <laughs> Aztec123 replies, when I first started working years ago, it was a small local supermarket. I'll never forget the day when one of the people in the alcohol section hadn't assembled the shelf unit correctly. And a few days later, it promptly collapsed under the strain of thousands of pounds worth of wines and spirits. It was a cascade kind of reaction as the failure of the first one brought over the second set, then the next till most of the alcohol ended up on the floor and only some things on lower shelves survived the collapse. The store stank of stale booze for weeks. Oh, oh my goodness. And the worst thing with that as well is you'd see that happening. And there's just nothing <laughs> you can do about it, is there? Because you can't possibly run in and try and save it. It's just like, it's gone. Just watch it all tumble. It's just that, well, they call it the oh no second. Is that it is? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a unit of measurement. Yeah, where it's that, that, real, like, that point where you realise, you go, oh no. There's <laughs> <laughs> another one, Westpac. We had a similar thing in B&Q. Um, that's like a DIY store. We came into work one day to find lots of work vans outside and inside was this huge lake of paint surrounded by a dam of builder's sand. <laughs> it turns out the night crew had knocked the entire paint aisle over with a forklift and then spent the next five hours running around with bags of sand. I thoroughly enjoyed my time off. I really hated that place. <laughs> That's amazing. So to have the insight to go, what should we do? We'll build a dam around it. I know. Try and control the mess. Wheelie <laughs> um, Dave. Wheelie Dave. Says um, this is a new one. I designed a massive new mural type thing that was going on the wall near the entrance of the building I worked in. Hundreds of people walked past it every day. It was meant to say Lancashire, a place where everyone matters. When in fact it read Lancashire, a place where every matters, missing out one entirely. I've never seen my boss go so red. <laughs> <laughs> Nash eighty five replies, Lancashire, a place where everyone matters. Given that the original statement is a classic bit of meaningless bullshit, contrast Merseyside, a place where only some people matter, and say your version is an improvement. <laughs> um, Master Ferros says, I was interning at a psych lab and attended a testing session as a participant for one of the PhD students who eventually became a colleague as I got a scholarship to study at the same lab, which makes the rest of the story more interesting. Mm -hmm. Not only is this a great way to tell us your thoughts, but you never know, your message could appear on the podcast. Um, and we had a little play around with that earlier, didn't we? And uh, I've sent you a voice memo. Which I'm going to edit onto the end here so you can hear how wonderfully it works. Brilliant, that'll be great. Um, and just because I'm preempting <laughs> the appalling sound quality, 
um, I wasn't expecting us to use it, so I only did it on the laptop from afar. So yeah, yeah, whatever. Producing. <laughs> <laughs> I produce. I just produce some tact. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you for listening, and um, speak to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Terahertz says, I used to have to run a very important batch job. It couldn't be started until 8pm when all the other staff had gone home and it would run for four to six hours during which I had to sit staring at a progress bar in case something went wrong. I'd do this for seven days a week on and then seven days a week off as well as my normal nine to five plus three hours of overtime whilst waiting around for everyone to go home. It was lone working so I also had to check in with security every hour to let them know I wasn't dead or something. One week... The guy I'd alternate with came down with something nasty. So I ended up doing three weeks of 9am till 2am shifts as no one else had the sign-offs to do the batch runs. By Thursday of week three, I was properly fucked. With travel times, I'd had four hours sleep a night for the previous two and a bit weeks and was very, very tired. I called security, let myself into the comms room where the desktop PC I needed was located, stuffed precariously into the back of a 19-inch rack. I sat down, fired off the bath, bath job, Batch job. <laughs> yeah. I sat down, fired off the batch job, and promptly fell asleep. He was conducting a study using the MRI scanner, which, as some of you may know, uses very powerful magnets to create high-resolution images of different tissues. In this case, it was just a head scanner rather than a full-body scanner. Anyway, before you even enter the scanner room, you need to remove all metals from your person for obvious reasons. I did as I was told. I removed my belt, my shoes, I took off my jacket, etc., I checked my pockets and found only crumpled up tissues and paper. Or so I thought. Oh, no. (laughs) Once I got comfortable on the patient table, I was slowly reversed into the scanner, approximately halfway in, and without warning, I felt a burst of wind next to my ear, followed by a loudish bang and then a metallic ringing sound. It turns out those paper and tissues concealed a five-pence piece, which the scanner wrenched from the depths of my pocket, slingshotted it right to the back of the scanner, and physically cracking the half-inch thick plastic viewing screen before it bounced back to just above my head and stuck itself to the roof of the scanner. Too long didn't read. I broke an MRI scanner with a 5P piece. I didn't realise it was in my pocket. I've still got a PhD position at the second lab. Oh, those no, things are not cheap. Not, I mean, <laughs> I've had several MRI scans now. Yeah. And this is why I think that they go through a really detailed questionnaire with all patients before you get put in there and you have to strip off as yep. well. So you're not even in your clothes. You are literally just in like a little gown. So there's no risk of you taking anything remotely metallic in there yeah. with you. I'm amazed that they let someone go in there wearing their own clothes. When <laughs> just... Yeah, I was just about, because I didn't realise they made you strip these days. But I was just about to say, would you not just make people go, actually, yeah. put on this gown, you nothing do, else? Yeah, yeah. that's every, every time I've been, I've had to put on a gown and mm. go in without anything else on. So to guarantee. So I suppose if you've got like metal plates in your leg or something, you can't go in those. No, can you? you can't, no. They have to, um, I think, is that when they use a CAT scan instead? I'm not sure. They do ask, though, they always ask you because they ask if you've been, um, if there's any risk, you might have like iron filings or anything embedded in your eyes or anything right, okay. from like industrial things because obviously Whoa. they're quite catastrophic. Um, Wiki Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Wiki Ewok. <laughs> says, um, I ran a delete statement on a database without a where clause which wiped out all of the sales records from the database. I managed to get it back from a backup. I would like to say I've only done it once, but I would be lying. Lol. <laughs> that is like my biggest nightmare. When I've done anything at all, SQL-wise, I'm always like obsessively checking what I've written down because I go, this could be 
really bad if I do this wrong. It's one yep. of those things you don't mess with. <laughs> I learned very, very early on in my career to always save yes. and have auto save turned on. Yes. Yeah. Which is standard these days, but back in the 90s. Oh, yeah, it wasn't then. Did you have auto save? What's that? Oh, shit. <laughs> Danny Boy 2612 says, works at a post office. Guy comes in to order change from us for his business. I hand over the change and send him on his merry way without taking any money from him in return. Short story short, I gave away £400 in change, absolutely free. Oh, oh, Danny boy. Danny boy. Oh, I used dear. to work in another bank, a high street bank, um, and you had to cash up at the end of every day. Yeah. And if there was any money missing, the staff behind it, behind because I didn't work on the tills, the staff on the tills used to have to go through all of their transactions and try and work out where it had gone. Yes. And the amount of times they would find that they'd given someone too much or not taken enough in. And mm. the amount of times they would phone customers and customers would go, oh, yeah, I thought I had too much and bring it back. Really? Oh, that's quite yeah. good, isn't it? Honesty. Always yeah. nice. Um, Idle Wild Girl says, when I worked at a pharmacy, I put some stock on a shelf under the till. Didn't realise that I'd pressed the panic button accidentally. The dramatic entry of armed police shortly afterwards. Oops. <laughs> um, at the same bank... They had a, sorry, I've got a story for everything today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. They had a massive vault, as you would expect, a proper, proper big bank vault. And um, one of the girls in there <laughs> was taken in there by an experienced member of staff. She was brand new. And they said, whatever you do, don't touch this button unless you're in trouble. And she went, what, this one? And she pressed <gasps> it and it was the alarm to the, uh, <laughs> to the police. Oh, my goodness <laughs> me. Oh, no. No, I know because a lot of places like that, there's, I was going to say she closed the door or something because a lot of them have um, like timed. Yeah. Entry, don't they? So if you if you close it, you can't now. get back in. <laughs> um, oh. this, so this one's deleted, so we didn't get the username. Uh, but it says one line of code sent a 0% interest credit card offer to 250,000 customers it shouldn't have done, and the company decided to honour it. I'd been to a beer festival the night before and drank shitloads of Trappist beer. Had the hangover from hell. Didn't get fired. <laughs> And that's why he's deleted it. He wants to make sure he doesn't <laughs> retroactively. <laughs> Send me bitcoins. Interesting, isn't it? Says, um, the best one I heard of was someone I know who worked at a large publishing house and managed to spell encyclopedia wrong on the cover of the book and didn't notice until many thousands of copies arrived back from China. I can't beat that one personally. Well, what's, what's annoying me about this is we've got this saved onto a Word document and encyclopedia is underlined in red. Yes. Which tells me it's wrong or it's got uh, some kind of grammar error. Yes. But uh, I can't see what problem it is, to be fair. I, I used to be a proofreader, as yep. you know, so I find that quite annoying. Whenever I, when I'm reading books, I always spot typos. In really? it, and that annoys me that they hasn't been picked up during proofreading. Yeah, because that's what you're paying them for. I know. I feel like I should mark them up and send them back to the publisher and say, have you got me to do it? <laughs> <laughs> Many years ago, um, there's a, a UK newspaper called The Guardian. Have you heard this one? No. So many years ago. This is when they used to um, set the printing presses up and they used to put in the um, rots. Oh, the hot type. My dad used to do that. What's it called? Typesetting. Typesetting. Um, and someone was losing their job or they had an axe to grind with the company or were leaving or something. It was their last day. And they changed The Guardian header to Growniad. G-R-A-U-N-I-A-D. Ah, Yes. So sometimes you'll see it referred to as the ground yet, and it's because they printed loads out and didn't realise until they'd gone out. <laughs> I suppose you don't normally look at proofreading the titles and everything, no. do you? After, after it's been done once, you yeah. think that's done. No one's going to touch that. <laughs> um, Bootings replied, I worked at a publishing house years ago. 
reprinted and shipped from China thousands and thousands of copies of a book with the title Brain Training in huge font on the front cover. It was only once the entire stock had arrived in the UK that we realised it actually read Brian Training. There were many other minor fuck-ups like that and a crazy amount of near misses. <laughs> if you had a friend called Brian... <laughs> <laughs> You'd, You'd give it buy to his him wife. a copy, wouldn't you? <laughs> give it to his wife. There well, you go. Train you him. Go. <laughs> sort <laughs> him out. Apparently that's where Donkey Kong, I, I think this is made up, but that's where Donkey Kong got its name from. It was a mistranslation. Someone faxed through this thing. We've got this monkey in this thing. It's mm. going to be called Monkey Kong. And nice. they, for some reason, transposed something and it became Donkey Kong. <laughs> I like that. In case you ever wonder why there's no donkeys. Yes. <laughs> that was just his name. <laughs> Vogel Nix says, Not work, but I volunteer in a prison. I'm usually in the visitor centre, but was being given a tour of the actual prison by a colleague when I lost my pass one day. I just had the chain around my neck by the very end. Cue a lot of worrying about whether a prisoner would misuse it. Oh, visitor pass, that would not be good. Did you know that... So I'm full of stuff today. You are just a really minor just a factual information. Encyclopedia of shit. Um, <laughs> did you know that this is in the UK? If they... So if the news films um, a prison... Um, if they show the keys on film, they have to replace all the locks in the prison. Yes, I have heard of that. Probably because I've told probably, you. Probably from you. <laughs> but I do think that's quite fascinating because um, I was reading another thing that said um, recently about biometrics. Yeah. That um, that they're now worried about the whole facial recognition thing. That if you you know if you have somebody's face looking straight on at a camera, you might be able to fudge that in the future to be able to access their biometric security data. High-resolution cameras yeah. and things. Which makes sense. Quite, yeah. Fascinating. Anyway, that's um, that's all we have time for it this is. evening. Um, so, thank you for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed the uh, Work for Cups thread. Yes, apologies for uh, telling you a story about every single thing. That's okay. It's always good to have extra stories. Do you know what? I've said all that, and I know that you're going to go and edit it afterwards, so you yeah. might just cut it all out. I just People it. will be listening and going, what, what stories? He didn't say anything. <laughs> Who's producer Dan? There's no man really on this. <laughs> It was a really good episode this week. <laughs> so please do send me links of things that you think I might enjoy and I might include them in future episodes. And please subscribe to this podcast. Um, if you really enjoyed the podcast as well, if you could give me a rating, that would be wonderful. Um, you can also leave us a voice memo if you simply go to anchor.fm forward slash redheadreads and click send voice message. Um you can send me a message that it will take you through the process of recording a little voice message for me like this one which we've attached which the wonderful producer dan sent to me earlier and this is his voice message i'm sending you a voice note thank you so there's the fantastic voice message wasn't that amazing it certainly was (laughs) and if you'd like to send us a voice message just like that one Please go to uh, Anchor FM and do that for us. That'd be lovely. Um, and that's that's what we've got time for tonight. So goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>